on the cover. The Midnighters are shown in the stands of a crowded football stadium. Sam is animatedly explaining the rules to KT and Stitch, who are laughing and enjoying hot dogs and cotton candy. Moonflower sits by herself with an annoyed frown and her arms crossed over her I Heart Baseball t-shirt. The whole scene is viewed through the scope of a sniper rifle, with the crosshairs trained on Eden's neck. Wonderworld Comics proudly presents The Midnighters, Volume 4, A Slice of Life, Issue 1, Field Day. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonderworld Comics. Our comic opens shortly after it is the the same evening. The uh, the sky base has just exploded. It is later that evening. Where did you guys like go somewhere afterwards, or did you guys just like pretty much go home and go straight to bed? I think I hope Eden has taken a nap. I think she's been awake for like twenty four straight hours by the end of the last issue yeah we had all of that day we had all of that day to chill because it was the early morning when that all began and it only lasted like a couple hours my max right that may be correct however exploding a suborbital prison colony tends to be quite the adrenaline filled situation for many people yeah, that's why, yeah, that's why I say we had all of Saturday to recover. So it is evening. Moonflower, you are returning to your apartment. And you unlock the door. And before you turn the lights on, you notice a silhouette sitting in your chair by your bed. And you flip on the lights and Belladonna is sitting there with her arms and legs crossed. I don't like this. Um, I just kind of approach as if I didn't blow up a, anything at all. Mm-hmm. And say, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it's been a while. What happened? Eden's trying to decide how... How, if if she can get away with lying to Belladonna, and I do, I don't. <laughs> to the most well informed woman in the world. Yeah, no, I th- I think she pretty quickly makes that calculation, and we'll just say a situation unfolded not entirely like I anticipated. Not entirely like you anticipated. Hundreds of millions in property damage. 84 people injured, 7 civilians in critical condition. Of the 36 supercriminals that were being illegally detained without trial, 29 are now unaccounted for and are considered armed dangerous and on the run, including Sir Sinister, Belch, Dr. Prime Evil, Clockwork, Baron Zemtouris, and the Cosmic Crusader. So, not only have you now endangered millions of lives by releasing Class 4 and Class 5 supervillains, you've also managed to free every criminal your team has put away, except for Lethal Laser, who is currently being held at New Olympus General, where the doctors say he will be lucky if he ever wakes up from his coma, much less move again from the neck down. So let me ask you again, what happened? 
Sir Sinister wasn't even in a cell when we got there. He attacked us. So I don't think that situation was as under control as you thought before we got there. So you decided to blow up a space station. I wouldn't say decide. It, it just sort of happened. That one is a lie. She absolutely decided it, but it, she doesn't feel like confessing that at the moment. Why were you even there? I fell through a portal. I know that sounds like a lie, but it's not. <sighs> Look, I do not trust that Midas kid you hang out with. Listen. If you don't trust him, isn't it better to stay close so I can keep an eye on him? You're avoiding the question. Listen, Eden, it is nothing short of a miracle that no one was killed. Lives are at risk now. And you just thought because you were in the middle of a fight with Sir Sinister, you would drop a space station. It wasn't just Sir Sinister. There was a whole bunch of people there. Yeah. Were dangerous. The Vindicators were aware of the Orbital Asset Program. In fact, it was Agent Baker who informed us about it. She's been a Vindicator's informant trying to defect from Farsec after she found out about the program. And now Farsec is framing her as a rogue agent responsible for enabling Dr. Primeval and pinning the entire program on her. Well, see, that would have been useful information to have if you had told me that. But you never tell me anything. Listen, why don't you take a break? Just take the weekend off. Don't worry about patrols. The city will be safe. The entire Vindicators team is going to be in town for the European Security Conference anyway. Just get your head on straight. You need to think about why you are here and if you're doing it for the right reasons. And she is absolutely shifting your labels right now. She is telling you how the world works. And she is trying to... Uh, drop your superior and up your mundane. Telling you, you need to step away from the life. Get your head on straight. I'd like to roll to reject that. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead and roll 2d6 flat. Well, it's a 5, so... Ooh. On a miss, their words hit you hard. Mark a condition, and the GM will adjust your labels. KT would like to increase the density of Moonflower's head. <laughs> what what condition are you going to mark? I'm curious. That might influence how I shift your labels. Um, I'm leaning towards angry. I'm going to lower your mundane or lower your superior and increase your danger. You're like mad at her and upset about what she said. And, but you think she's wrong. You're, you're, you're not taking it well right now. Well, that's a shocker since Eden usually takes criticism. Well, <laughs> I know, I know. I kind of figured that would be it's something she's known for. In fact, mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. how well she responds to negative feedback. 
here. Belladonna tosses you an envelope. It says, uh, I got you and your friends some uh, tickets to the Orcas game this weekend. Eden looks at the envelope and just says, I don't even like baseball. Eden, you're a good kid. You're smart. You're talented. You can do anything you want. I just want to know that you're here for the right reasons. And she, like, puts her hand on your shoulder. Eden steps back and shrugs her hand off the shoulder. Think about it, okay? Fine. And she nods and uh, steps out through the window and into the night. What is what does Eden's face look like on the last panel on that page? I think she looks angry. She is angry, but she, like, it's very clear that she's angry, like... Her face is really contorted in anger, which I think is interesting because I think she's not overly expressive most of the time, but she is alone and and a little more willing to express that. So uh, we turn the page and it is uh, the next morning at the Shopco. KT and Stitch as the uh, current residents. What's, uh, what's going on this morning? What are you two up to on a... A uh, fine weekend morning. There would have been at least one previous, like, half page of panels that showed Stitch uh, right after landing from the airship crash, hurriedly whispering, or actually just saying to Graviton, Hey, Graviton, I, I gotta go home. Do you want to come with? Where is your home located? Oh, it's the theater. I don't think I can stay there anymore, but Bernadette has to know what happened. And she just grabs their hand and leads them. And in the next panel, uh, she's coming up on the little bit of wreckage of Hijinks Variety Theater and Late Night Cabaret. She rushes in and finds Bernadette and there's just a little chat bubble that says... Uh, I'm so sorry this happened. I have a lot to explain, but I don't have time now. But I promise I'll help you clean this up. And I think Bernadette's generally not super happy about all this, but is super relieved to know that Stitch is safe. Oh, yeah. She's become very attached to you in the very short amount of time that you two have gotten to know each other. She says, all right, dearie, I'm. Glad that you are safe, and I am also glad that you have made friends with very these wonderful people. And I think that's probably where that panel cuts off, and then I think it's in in Graviton's hands what we do next. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we get a panel of KT, um, uh, over KT's shoulder of Bernadette and Stitch just sharing a big warm hug as both of them are just very relieved to see that the other is okay. Oh, there should be a panel because Stitch is more polite than that and say, oh, hey, this is one of my friends. This is this is Graviton. Graviton. They're honestly the absolute best. Ah, you have one of those fancy superhero names. Indeed. It is so that somebody who might wish to do harm upon my loved ones would not be able to find them as easily. But the joke falls upon them, because I have no loved ones. Well, don't worry, darling. That is a problem we can fix. Come in, come in. Do you like cookies? 
and uh, Bernadette kind of throws an arm around your shoulder and leads you into uh, the uh, kind of backstage and to her office slash uh, apartment area where she's been, yeah, making some delicious baked goods. And she uh, she puts a kettle on for the two of you. Bernadette is a very famous seamstress and maker of the finest superhero garments from back in the day. What is um what does KT think of we just get like some some panels of the three of you uh enjoying Enjoy. like some biscuits and tea? What is what does KT's face look like? What sort of ingredients do these biscuits of yours contain? Oh deep flour, eggs, sugar, butter, milk, and just a pinch of love. Yeah, she gives your your cheek a little squeeze. Where do you harvest your love from? <laughs> oh, don't you worry about that, darling. I have plenty enough to give. I was advised that you should only partake in ingredients that have been taken in an ethical manner. That is very thoughtful of you. Bernadette kind of smiles and chuckles and offers you another cookie. I was advised that I should only take one so as not to spoil my dinner. But I thank you for the offer and the hospitality. Well... Any friend of my stitch, darling, is a friend of mine. Stop over any time you like, dearie. I was not aware that you could label someone a friend after 36 hours, but I will keep that in mind. Bernadette blows on her tea uh, to cool it down and takes a, a sip. Says, uh, oh, stitch, darling, J just so you know, I did reach out to one of my friends when you were gone. I was worried about you, but uh, so... Just do not be alarmed if you hear from one of, from someone. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. I'll be ready. I should call her back. It's been a long time since Alice and I have had a good chat. And at this point, I think Stitch is getting a little antsy. She doesn't like things to take long mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. anything because she sees life in hour and a half to two hour increments because that's how long movies and shows last. Mm -hmm. um, so she's going to look down at her wrist and say, oh, gosh, I think it's time to go. And a wristwatch is going to sew itself onto her wrist where it wasn't there previously and grab Graviton's hand and head out the door towards the shop co. As, as Graviton you... stops moving. They look, towards, uh, they look towards Stitch and ask, I thought your goal was to come home. Where are you headed? Oh, yeah, I was making sure Bernadette was okay. She's kind of my home, but I'm going to have to find a place to stay for a while. But I think I have that covered. I'm really good at finding places to hide. Yes, darling, do be careful. Some of those barsack bastards came by again today. I am afraid we will not be able to reveal towards your loved one where you will be staying in the interim then. Farsec has quite effective means at pulling information from individuals who do not wish to give it up very easily. Oh, that's fine. She doesn't need to know where Shopco is. <laughs> As she just flirts out the location of the place that they're staying. Well then, Katie, darling, I am trusting you to look after Stitch. Take care now, you two. And uh, she gets uh, puts about like two dozen cookies on a paper plate and covers it in saran wrap and hands it to you as you guys are on your way out the door. I shall firmly grasp Stitch's shoulder 
and rocket towards the Shopco at 300 miles an hour. <laughs> Gently but firmly blast through space. Sam, what are you up to on this fine morning? Hmm. Well, Sam and Waldo are at the park. They're playing Frisbee. First off, tell us about uh, why this is Waldo's favorite park. Uh, yeah, so we usually go to this uh, Sycamore Park, and it's uh, it's one of the dog parks in New Olympus. But it's it's a nice one in that you know there's you know several different dog enclosures, and then there's also like it's like a it's like a like a really souped up dog specific park, like four dog parks in one, and then there's other pet related it's like a theme park for pets actually like amazing there's like those dog washing stations you know Mm -hmm. and there's Mm -hmm. like little like mobile free veterinary care and like Mm -hmm. training classes and there's again there's people doing dog yoga there's dogs running those obstacle courses Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that we love to see little dogs run on the internet every once in a while um and so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's why. And so Waldo, you know, he's got his friends that he loves to see there. There's other people that do like Frisbee tricks. And me and Waldo are, you know, Sam and Waldo aren't like into super like high level anything, but they like to, he just likes to like chuck a Frisbee and Waldo goes to get it. Oh, and, yeah. You know, kind of, you know, shoot shit with other people, with other people if sometimes. And, you know, it's just, it's just the place to be. Yeah. Also, Waldo gets kind of grumpy if he doesn't go, you know, once every few days, you know, he starts. To yeah. Get yeah. A antsy, you know, yeah. Bit. He's got he's got a lot of energy. He's still yeah. a, a young dog. Yeah. 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 Right now, there's um like a, a big group of kindergartners that were like out on a walk and uh, uh, Waldo is just hamming it up and getting all of the pets and belly rubs from these kids uh, when your phone rings and it is a call from Ren. Your coworker, who I am going to have to ask you to <laughs> gender and give us a physical description for. We have avoided uh, it for long yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, Ren is uh, goes by she, her, and is probably like just turned sixteen, but had already been working at the Burger Shack from before Sam came to town. And she has shortish, uh, dark brown hair and freckles and like really like bright green eyes and is, you know, just barely five foot and is um, I think her style is like a little bit emo, but or like a like a like a I don't know if this is going to register, but like small town punk kid or small town emo you know like not super scenester but someone who's just like got a tinge of it i think they call that y'alternative y'alternative a little bit yeah (laughs) yeah so like um i mean that could even have different connotations maybe I i don't even know but you know it's like yeah it's like uh some some studded bracelet you know some you know maybe some green has has made some appearances in the hairstyle like a, a pastel goth well, see, you know, not pastel though. Like, still like black and white vans. You know, pretty cl- pretty classic. You know, in a lot of ways. 
that's probably enough. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Thank you. That was a beautiful word picture. Um, okay. And so she is calling. Uh, yep. Oh, hey, Ryan. How's it going? Hey, Southpaw. Uh, your uh, friend is uh, here again. He wants to talk to you. And you can hear Finn's voice in the background. Finn is the young fish person kid. It's, uh, he's, you know what I'm is he there? Can, can I talk to him? Is he there? Is he there? Ren, is he there? Can I talk to Southpaw? Oh, oh, hey, how's it going, Finn? Hey, um. Southpaw! Hey. Southpaw! Oh my gosh! Did you see that huge explosion the other day? It was so crazy. I was out for a swim, and then I just felt this huge <laughs> the water. And so I like swam over there, and I looked up, and there was fire everywhere. It was so cool. Needless to say, Finn's English has uh, he's picked it up really, really fast. He's super bright and very enthusiastic. Whoa! Uh, yeah, that's that's cool, man. And you're okay? Is there it, like? Is everything mostly okay with all that, guys? Because uh, yeah, that I, I, <laughs> I, I, it was hard to miss the big explosion. I'll, I'll put it that way. It was hard to miss. But you're okay, and and your your loved ones and all your relations. Yeah, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. Mom, mom was out fishing. Uh, and yeah, everyone was okay. In fact, we made a new friend. You should come by and meet him. Uh. What's their name? They're like us. They didn't have, they, they can't go home. And so they have to live here. And so we said, it's okay. You can stay with us. Okay. Yeah. Right on. It's really uh, nice. Yeah. We could probably meet up sometime, like do a barbecue or, you know, I, I don't know what type of thing you had in mind, but definitely, I think. Yeah. Yeah, mom found this new uh, scallop bed that she's been going to, and so we have a whole bunch of scallops now. Hell yeah, scallops, are that's a real delicacy. Yeah, yeah, we've been getting a lot good, a lot, a lot gooder at finding uh, the good food spots in the bay. Right on, I gotta say, honestly, I'm a little bit surprised that there even are good food spots left in the bay. So that actually is weirdly a slightly a, a heartening thought for me. So thank you, Finn. Yeah, gotta swim pretty deep, but it's okay. But yeah, you should come by, and I want to see Waldo. Sure, yeah, Waldo would love to see you. Cool, cool, see you soon, Sam, bye. Can you put, put Ren back on? Oh yeah, this is Ren's phone. And- yeah, and uh, yeah, you hear his little uh, fish feet slapping on the wet concrete as he's sprinting away. I hope it's not too big of a problem that he is comes by the burger shack, this the uh, salty freeze as much as he does. Oh no, it's fine. You know how it is. I do. I do know how it is. New Olympus Boardwalk. You kind of never know what you're gonna get. You know, <laughs> <sighs> it's like. It's kind of like a, a box of chocolates in that way. Have you ever heard that word? No, no, Sam. Not even once. Please explain <laughs> it to me from the beginning. I gotcha. <laughs> Goodbye, Sam. <laughs> and See you later, Rand. <laughs> and she hangs up. Moonflower, you've got a whole bunch of tickets to a game. Who are you inviting? Well, I only have so many friends. I think Eden wakes up from her nap with a little bit of clarity. Mm-hmm. which is to say 
that she thinks if Bella Donna wants her to take a break, then darn it, she's going to take a break. She's going to get a good grade in taking a break, something that is both normal to want and possible to achieve. <laughs> I, I think she's going to start by going back to the shop, although it sounds like no one's there. I don't know. It's probably like afternoon by now. Who all's at the shop? I believe Kate. that's where we were returning to. Yeah, yeah. I think KT and Stitch are probably there. Yeah, Technically, KT yeah. is about 2,000 feet invisible above the Shopco, but they're nonetheless. Uh, yeah, Sam, Sam's there. And Waldo. Mm-hmm. Waldo's yeah. all tuckered out and lying down on the cold concrete. Oh. Eden comes in and slaps the uh, tickets down on the table and just says, we're taking a break. Whoa. You got it, boss. Where are we going? The game. Oh, wait, what game? Eden picks up the ticket and reads it because she doesn't know. So the orcas are playing the bears. Yeah, no, that's the game I was saying we should go to. We should definitely go. You're uh, looking at them. They're pretty good uh, tickets. Decent seats. They're only like a couple of rows down from the VIP boxes. 50-yard line? 50-yard line. Sweet. These are Yeah, these are probably pretty good seats. Just looking on... Uh, Chair Nerd, this website that I look at that sometimes you can sell or resell seats and it shows you <laughs> the venues and whatnot They're called Chair Nerd. Anyway, um, yeah, no, it looks like these are awesome seats. But we should get going because they're probably tailgating already. It's a night game, I know, but like we could go hang out. I bet it's a happening scene down by the uh, Super Duper Dome or whatever we're calling it. The, the Super Dome? Brought to you by Super? Oh, the Super Dome. That's right. I remember. I forgot. I for totally. Okay. Yeah. The Super that's, Dome. Yeah, that's what we're going with. Yeah. No, I remember now. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, they're probably it's probably pretty probably lit down at the Super Dome. Cool. This is perfect. I know exactly what I'll wear. And then there's just a panel of Stitch and her outfit transforming. It happens very quickly. So there's just a whirl of fabric. And knitted up around her is a baseball jersey because that's what Southpaw wears. And it says the Midnighters nicely cuffed over the breast pocket. And on the back, it says stitch and a zero four. Just so you know, in her head, Moonflower is zero zero. Sam is zero one. Uh, KT is zero two and Midas is zero three. Making her zero four, um, and she has a bit of things mismatched. So she's now wearing soccer cleats, but like she looks sporty, and her hair gets knitted into a ponytail, and she has a ball cap on with the same zero four. Nice. All right, ready to go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there would be maybe be a. We might capture Sam kind of looking uh, a little bit incredulously at if in succession, looking at like KT and realizing it, it KT and then Moonflower and then Waldo trying to find someone who could kind of like share <laughs> like how ridiculous, but kind of amazing that is. And he and I think only Waldo is even close to mm-hmm. understanding how much Sam appreciates that. <laughs> it's like, wait, what the hell? Uh, but yeah, so Sam says, uh, "That's a cool, 
That's a cool ability. Could you make me an outfit stitch? Is that a possibility? Because, like, it makes sense for me that you could kind of wear whatever, but, like, could you make me an outfit? Her eyes absolutely light up, and she says, absolutely, I can't. Just, just, just give me some time. And then she just trails off, and there's a panel of her, like, pacing back and forth and talking to herself and then, like, stitching up a little notebook and, like, writing things to herself that just then she just like puts up her sleeve and it's like okay I, I won't have it for tonight but give me time and me and Bernadette will whip something up oh yeah for sure I didn't even mean like it could have been like months or even years from now and I wouldn't have cared like just even the thought that it might be possible is all I was going for in this exact moment so that's great that's awesome cool oh yeah and she was definitely writing notes with her needle like it was um a pen just does it having work it like that no um i mean it the pattern was being stitched into her notes it was more like in a, ge- in a gesture like yeah, yeah it wasn't actually doing it in that motion it is stitching itself she does oh, okay. use the needle for particular things but it's more like a focus she's not actually sewing with it it's like six inches long It it's not practical in in that actual application right. it's not it's neither sewing these stitches nor is it like a big pen it's like right right directing no. the mm-hmm. yes okay wonderful. yes exactly yeah. uh let me see i don't know if i have i guess i only have the cincinnati meerkats jersey a uh a joe joe badger he's one of my favorite players uh so i got a joe badger jersey i'll just wear that even though it's not the, the right team you know it's fine. So yeah, I'm wearing my Cincinnati Meerkats. Is that what I said? That is. I even wrote it down. Okay, and Joe Badger is the is the guy's name. The player. He's a quarterback. What are what are you gonna wear, KT? I am wearing my suit like I always wear. I do not have a separate change of clothing. <laughs> Most of the time I run around invisible, so Stitch just snaps her fingers, points her needle at you, and says, Don't worry, I got you, Graviton. She once you again pulls out the notepad me. and scribbles more notes. She nods her head, cocks her head to the side, and says, Yeah, I guess that's true. Then trails off and continues stitching notes. Did you, uh, what are, what are you wearing to the game, Eden? Eden is, first of all, does think this is a baseball game. She doesn't know the difference. Um, And she is going not fully as her civilian identity, but she, instead of wearing like her moonflower outfit, is wearing just like the classic ball cap and sunglasses combo. Yeah. Which we'll forgive since she's going to a sporting event. Nobody, I keep forgetting that no one knows your secret identity yet. I also forget that pretty frequently, but uh, yeah, no, no one here knows. <laughs> awesome. Oh my God. Oh, I can't see this going wrong at all. I'm so excited. Is Sam wearing a ball cap at this point? I think he's wearing his normal hat that he always wears every day. It's completely rancid and gross. It's, it's the one it's he just... wears underneath his superhero ball cap. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't be ridiculous, KT. He wears his superhero ball cap underneath his everyday ball cap. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I rip off the everyday ball cap to reveal the superhero. Ball yeah, yeah. Cap. Reveal the armored, the armored Kevlar line. <laughs> So as they're heading out the door of the shop, coast, Stitch is going to find an old sort of more canvasy sort of Carhartt style fabric fishing vest and just dr- that has some lining in it and just drag it along with her. Excellent. So we get a panel of the four of you shot from the back looking up at the incredible state of the art New Olympus. Superdome brought to you by Super. Sam, why don't you give us a, a a quick description of this incredible facility? Um okay, sure. Yeah. So uh the Superdome is uh it's like on a slightly like on an isthmus. So it's like this re- like almost brand new construction on the waterfront in this uh there's like they're like revitalizing portions of what used to be like industrial you know dockyards and mm-hmm. storage mm-hmm. and whatnot and so some of that's getting revitalized and revamped and so there's this huge long new pavilion that's been built and the the actual stadium itself sits out on the like partly on the water whoa and um you know, like you could be, you'd be walking around the part that like looks out over the water and like, you know, there's, you know, that's sort of a few stories above. And then the actual, that's like the top of the stadium. So the stadium actually goes down and the, like the field level is like, it, you, it doesn't look this way at all, but like the dome is like, partially underwater but fully encased and like has this like silver and metallic like like silvery metallic frame around this bubble and it's like sticking out of the water and the you know like if you could picture like a stadium most of the stuff that we think of as a stadium is like below is like underwater but it's Whoa. not like you're like in an aquarium. It's just like the whole structure has been built to like displace water basically. Mm-hmm. But if you're up on the top level or around like the, you know, like all the new construction and development that's going on there, it kind of does look like you're like in a big glass bubble. So yeah, you get the shot, like you're saying of the four of us, you know, from below with the the upper part of the glass and the banners and all of the whatever for the orcas and, and other fans streaming in and, you know, just all that chaos. And, um, and you get Sam saying something along the lines of, come on, come all. It's the bread and circuses. It's the gladiator arena of this land of ours. This is the heart of it, folks. Adult men destroying their bodies and being at the height of physical perfection in order to earn money for wealthy, old, crusty dudes who don't do anything but somehow get to have most of the money from it. But it's still very cool. And anyway, yeah, here we are. This is it. (laughs) 
<laughs> we came here in the RV, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Stitch definitely called shotgun and was probably playing with the radio, driving everyone crazy the whole time and just loving it. Unless anyone said anything about it. Uh, just sell, just say one song that Stitch was really loving. Yeah, what are you blasting as the uh, the RV pulls in? That's a good question. What am I blasting? What are we finding on the old... It, it's going to settle on an old classic rock station. Song 2 by Blur. That's a great one. That's a very good one. Excellent. There we go. Were you going for a arena banger there or would you pull that randomly uh i was going for something that would be really really fun to sing along to the first time and then (laughs) really really be done listening to it after like the 15th time it's played in a row totally (laughs) no it's amazing you chose that though because they play that at i guarantee you every single college and pro sporting event around the country i'm pretty sure it's one of the most popular ones on PAs. That's because it's really, really fun to sing along to the first time it's played. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, it's definitely going to get stuck in Stitch's head, and she's going to be humming and singing it for for the duration of the game, for sure. Amazing. Yeah, it's going to uh, cement itself in there. What do you, Stitch and KT's faces look like as they make their way through the parking lots and this press of humanity and people tailgating and the wild drunken shouting and uh, joyful exuberance and excitement and beer and food and music. KT floats invisibly roughly four feet above the tallest humans following behind the rest of the midnighters. Stitches probably no stitches definitely positioned herself on the other side of Sam from Moonflower because she hasn't forgotten how awkward their last interactions are. So she wants like a little bit of a human barricade as she's shooting glances and trying to get sneak peeks of her hero up close without it being too obvious. It probably looks like she's looking at Sam a lot, though inadvertently i was also picturing like as we so like it's kt invisibly floating behind but as we go through the crowd that whole speech that i was giving and like you know when people do that thing where they oh put their arms out wide and spin around like oh yeah oh yeah somewhat of a sound of music but like you know that but then also sam's like soaking it all up like he like jumps in and like throws a a cornhole beanbag and he like someone hands him like a hot dog and you know so he's like yeah yeah just he's like soaking it up like it's like he's freaking um you know going through the village at the beginning of beauty and the beast you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's a marie the baguette situation and uh what does moonflower think of this experience Moonflower is looking around and thinking, it'd be easy to assassinate someone here. I think I could get away with it if I needed to. She doesn't have any plans to, but just like, you know. 
It's just good to know she, if you well, had she to. Just, she, yeah, she didn't think the security was like that good. There's a lot of people and an easy crowd to disappear into. Yeah, underwear. Fair bit of security, sort of like secure, like the, quite a few cameras, but like other than that, you know, <laughs> she's, she's pretty sure that. So it made her think of home. <laughs> yeah. So so what do you guys do? Do you guys uh, make your way inside to your seats? Do you hang out? Uh, I kind of think we're just following Sam around. I don't think any of the rest of us know what to do here. Yeah, I mean, we're just in the stream of humanity, you know. There's like, so we just go to our seats. I think we can awesome. we can get to get to the seats portion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you guys are sitting down. You guys have kind of found your seats. Sam, you come back um, and with just like, what are all of the goodies you have brought back for the group so that they get the full stadium experience? All right, y'all, we've got, I got sort of a grab bag so everyone can, you know, get what they want. But so we've got the uh, couple orca dogs, which is just like a hot dog, but on a vaguely whale shaped bun which now that you look at it it's like they if they ever tried they aren't trying anymore to make these buns look like whales but it's just mm-hmm. an orca dog it's just an orca dog you know but like um then we've got the uh garlic fries everyone's gonna loves those and nachos got cotton candy kettle corn pepsi diet pepsi or wait hold on uh, so we've got uh, a, um, anyone can throw a fake soda name out there. Uh, it's an unusual uh, flavor of Fanta for sure. You know, <laughs> something real bizarre and off. It's not coming to mind at the moment, but it, it's not available in most uh, stores or shelves. Oh, it's pickle. Neko wafer Fanta soda. It's pickle. Oh, pickle flavored Fanta soda. Yeah, here we go. So and then and so this sounds like and then I got this just because I've heard all about it and I want to do the challenge. So someone's got to record while I drink this because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. But I've always wanted to do the the new Olympus pickle soda challenge. And this is I mean, this is it. This is Honestly, I'm almost as excited for this as for the game. So here we go. There's a quick uh, flash that freezes that panel because Stitch has pulled out her little Polaroid and taken a picture of it. That's the best she can do in recording, but she shakes it and hands it to you. Here you go. And so the the new Olympus pickle soda challenge. It's like you know how like this the soda fountain. There's like that glass that uh, you know like fancy sodas came in once upon a time. And this is like mm-hmm. a seventy two ounce like plastic sized version of that. But then it also has like the full like Bloody Mary spear, like a savory suite of things mm-hmm, that go along mm-hmm. with this an entire orca dog soda. yeah 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 exactly like, there's an orca dog like a, a garlic you know, like fries a smoky on there yeah and like, yeah and pickles and and like you know uh, you know roasted peppers and shit and like and then there's like a so that yeah so that's all on a spear but then yeah it's just this huge bubble juice green concoction that is uh, pickle soda. Incredible. 
Well, the team is uh, a gaggle at this incredibly fancy drink. Eden, you notice uh, about two rows down in front of you, a familiar uh, looking ponytail on a gentleman kind of pulled back. He's got kind of like long, dark brown, red hair. As uh, you recognize the back of the head of Killian Alistair, your ex-boyfriend. But I hate that guy. OMG. Yeah, uh, Killian is tall. He's got, you know, really nice cheekbones. Um, kind of a... Uh, he's got, yeah, like I said, long, kind of dark brown, red hair that he's always got kind of like pulled back away from his ha- face and kind of like a little man bun. But yeah, um, his dad's really super rich and uh, he's a pretty laid back dude. Um, what, uh, what, why did your relationship go south? What was, what happened? He ghosted me. Oh yeah, that's right. What a jag. I hate this guy. Oh my god, yes. Is he wearing he, a kilt, by the way? I feel like he should be wearing a freaking kilt. No, no, no. He should be wearing a Utila kilt. <laughs> I'm actually upping it. He ghosted me on my birthday. He didn't show up to my birthday. Oh my god. Yeah. Just to make him worse. So, I think we see Eden who wasn't in a fantastic mood when she arrived at this event. We just see her sink down into her chair and like pull her cap lower over her eyes and kind of hope that no one draws too much attention to them, which is a lot to ask considering who she came to the game with. (laughs) Eden's in-ear communicator clicks to life. And KT asks, Lady Moonflower, are you feeling all right? Your face has changed color and it is emitting a large amount of heat. And uh, it is at that moment when um, Killian, he has his uh, his arm around this uh, cute looking blonde girl. But he's kind of like turns around and says, oh, my God, babe, someone's doing the, the pickle juice challenge. It's like, yeah, come on, man. Oh, how's how's the uh, how's the pickle juice challenge go for you, Southpaw? It's hell. It's <laughs> it's one of the worst things that's ever happened to Sam. But he feels committed now, and he mm-hmm. can't stop. It's. I feel like you should be rolling for this. I yeah, might have no, to roll. Uh, yeah, no. I think you must um, take a powerful blow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this the uh, is this the first pickle challenge that Sam has done? Oh, yeah, 100%. yeah, no, it only happens here at this stadium. So and he's only heard about it kind of by, yeah, by just the um, reputation. The bad news is it's it's not dill pickle Fanta. It's sweet pickle Fanta with oh. all this, all this crap in it. So the 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 story behind the, the pickle juice Fanta, just um, so we can well, to get some a little bit of uh, New Olympus history here is uh, it's a. Uh, only available in New Olympus, and it's a, a throwback to the days when this was more of a, a shipping town. The Cannery District was, uh, you know, uh, a lot more active, and uh, they're going through economic downturn, and um, like was almost going to ruin. And then someone decided to uh, start making uh, and bottling pickle juice uh, Fanta there, with uh, all the extra canned pickles that they had, and. They were fermented pickles, not vinegared pickles. 
Mm, yes, yes, this was back in uh, Prohibition days. <laughs> so they they bounced when you dropped them. <laughs> Definitely uh, became a commonplace and a favorite on the boardwalk with uh, fish and chips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, if, and because if you had a doctor's note for these very special kinds of pickles. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. Oh my god, I'm trying to decide if um, yeah, if you should take a powerful blow or like roll to unleash your powers to overcome an obstacle. Directly engage a threat. <laughs> Directly engage a threat. Roll to defend yourself. <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be... Oh, I man, think it should is... be something that he could overcome. Well, I guess you can weather a powerful blow, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it actually is the closest that it is, because it's like rolling plus conditions how is how is sam how is sam taking this on are you taking it head on and you're gonna power through it are you like suffering but determined are you just pissed off and you're gonna defeat this thing no matter what what is your mentality as you are uh like rounding the halfway point yeah well so here's the rules uh, the actual official team account only retweets and only re not obviously not retweets. Um, the official team account only reblogs when people do it the real way, which is you know straight sip till no pickle drip. And that means you have 60 seconds to drink this whole 72-ounce pickle soda and eat all of the garnish. Yeah, you're not going to make it on the Orca pickle wall unless, you know, you complete this. This has exactly. definitely become yeah. a thing yeah. now that no, it's been called out. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take half ass. So, again, Sam, no one's watching the game anymore. Yeah, it's it's odious. You know, I will say the one way in which it's not a powerful blow is that it is there is not actual, like, you know, mortal harm involved. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think it's either unleash your powers or take a powerful blow. Well, I, I think unleash your powers could also be pretty funny, especially if it's like unstable or temporary. But yeah, uh, I'll I just mean, throw that out there. So, in yeah. the in the argument for the unleash your powers camp is that if. Sam does have a superpower. It is that in line of teenage boys, which is to consume an ungodly yeah. amount of something. No, know? that is that that convinces me. Uh, okay. Go ahead and roll to unleash your powers. I don't to... know why I was lobbying. I don't think I have stats <laughs> plus freak. Uh, yeah, my stats plus freak are not good, but I'm but but no, yeah, sense, that you know, roll to yeah, roll to overcome this obstacle and reshape your environment of pickle juice. Uh, hey i got a nine yeah uh uh seven to nine you do it uh but uh you have to mark a condition or i get to tell you how it's unstable or temporary uh i mean i'm gonna give it to you i mean how badly do you want to complete this challenge how important i mean if you do just mark a condition you do it you just have a condition that's what I mean. I like I'm willing to take the instability or the you know the the consequence from completing the challenge uh that that 
that the GM is going to assess. Is that fair to say? Or do you think I should just mark a condition? I, I'll, I'll put it this way. If you don't mark a condition, you're not going up on the wall. Unstable what? or temporary is like you would. But I do it. But it's unstable or temporary. So you might only uh, keep your pickle juice down temporarily. Well, then I didn't overcome the obstacle, did I? You got through it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah, I'll take the condition. And I will. It will be such a like a profoundly unsatisfying experience. Like so torn is he between his desire to be a person who's completed this new Olympus pickle soda challenge and that he is now hopeless. Hey, maybe you, uh, maybe <laughs> when you're chugging and you're in those last final moments as, you know, the pickle is like slipping down your throat and you're barely holding on, you know, you're kind of asshole dads there in the background like, what, son, you going to quit? You're just going to give up? Yeah, you're not going to even it, be on the yeah. wall? I no, thought you were yeah. an orca pickle wall man, you know? Is my yeah. son going to give up on this? Yes. No, it definitely is. That is it. And so, yeah, and it is a, an aspect of him being feeling like this totally made up external need to do this. <laughs> you you won, but at what and cost? He, gives, and he sort of like gives into that because he did. And uh, and then when again, when he it's exactly like you said, Justin, when he gets to the end, he's like he's both he's kind of disgusted with himself. But there's like, again, it's that negative voice in his head that forced him to undertake this and also just doesn't feel good at the end either. You know, no part of it feels good. <laughs> uh, existential brain freeze. Incredible. Incredible. Um, needless to say, the crowd around you just erupts with applause as everyone is like, so thrilled. Um, the one of the camera guys uh caught like the end of this they have like you know and like they they love to like cut over to someone attempting the challenge and stuff so yeah like the whole stadium kind of like erupts and cheers for you uh, there's definitely a chant going like uh at the final moments like a sam sam <laughs> sam just like a couple of panels of like everyone around is just joined into this like chant to get you to finish it so like while you have this negative internal dialogue panel you know, the rest of the reader's view is like everyone outside being like all real hyped <laughs> about this. And that, that's what they say at the when. So when someone is getting close, they go and they go up on the jumbotron. There's like this, you know, like the little e-readers around the, you know, the mezzanine and everything is starts in the, the big screen in the middle that hangs mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. Everything starts to like say like, hey, everyone. And, and so. The chant is uh, pickle sip, pickle sip, sip. Pickle, pickle sip. sip, yeah, pickle, pickle sip, pickle sip. And it's like one of those things where it's like they have it split into three, you know, graphics: P I C K L E <laughs> sip. <laughs> I'm just thinking about 4,000 people chanting coal. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, needless to say, in uh, all of the exuberance, um, Killian kind of like looks over at you, Eden, and then like does a double take and uh, reaches up with his um, prosthetic arm uh, and pulls off his sunglasses and says, Eden? Eden Hallway? Is that you? Well, she's extra mad now because now all of her friends know her name, which they did not prior. Um, but she just kind of cocks her head to the side and says, sorry, do I know you? Oh, uh, sorry, my mistake. Uh, you look exactly like this chick I dated. My bad. And he, like, turns back around and like, oh, babe, she's my mistake. Oh, yeah, I don't know if anyone else got that interaction or not. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the game kicks off. Orcas are doing pretty well against their fierce rivals, uh, Chicago Bears. Halftime has uh, kind of come and gone. Stitch is gonna, she's gonna turn to Sam and ask, Hey, Sam, why yeah. is the intermission so long? Uh, well, so it's different for different sports, I guess, and different kinds of events. This being a professional football game, they're running ads on TV. The team has to go in. They have to get treat, you know, like they go see, like get all their ankles taped up and stuff again and have a whole like strategy meeting and like drink water. And I think go to the bathroom too. like no one ever talks about that. But like, when do all those guys go to the bathroom and they're like wearing all that stuff? But no, 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 no. That was the good part. That was when they were singing and dancing. I'm just talking about what happens now. When's that over? When's the show back on? Just sitting there looking, honestly thinking this was all like a prep for that, the halftime show. Yeah, Very disappointed if it's over. I guess the the one way I could describe it to you, Stitch, is that this is like a variety show. And so we had that great part that you're talking about. And then before that, we kind of had an opening act. And now we're having another bridge act. And then there won't be a headliner. Does that make sense? Yes. Just very disappointed. Her eyes are downcast only for a second uh, before she's back into the ritual of the game and everything else and chanting and clapping along Um, with. As uh, everyone's getting ready for uh, the kickoff after halftime, the uh, kiss cam pops up on the Jumbotron and... uh, of course, Killian and his uh, his new girlfriend are up on there. And then uh, what does Eden's face look like as that's happening? I think we just see Eden progress like lower and lower and lower into her seat. Um, she is incredibly slouched over. Her posture is terrible right now. And uh, as um, they're kind of making out up on the kiss cam, the camera kind of pans up on Eden and kind of zooms in on her and her like baseball attire and uh the the loudspeaker switches over to uh all by myself (laughs) Eden makes a vow to herself that she will never relax again oh my god How's how's Eden feeling right now? 
Hold on, Sam sees this is going on up on the jumbotron, and he's like, he's like, uh, "Hey, Moonflower!" Oh man, and he's just like, kind of laughing, but like a little bit <laughs> nervous. Like, oh, I don't know, actually. So anyway, that's what Sam. Sam like, he like, I don't know if he pointed it out to her that she was up there. She probably, I mean, she's probably more you know observant than him, but he was just like. Oh. Okay. Eden kind of glares at him. Sheepish, sheepish grin and sort of like a, hey, we're having fun. <laughs> Is that what we call this? Yeah. I guess, I guess so. And it is uh, right at this moment that uh, Eden, your earpiece goes off again. And uh, the little voice says, uh, incoming call from Belladonna. Which I'm going to answer, even though it's very loud and not conducive to talking. But I want her to know that I am relaxing. Relaxing's in scare quotes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but Eden. Eden has to get her good grade and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, take yes. a break. So, so how do you answer the the call? I, ju- I just answer with hello, but like I do think it's probably very hard to hear. It's very mm-hmm. hard to hear mm-hmm. your phone when you're in a stadium. Right, right. Your Belladonna saying, um, "Moonflower, we've just received intel that a hit has been placed on the Princess of Vladia. I have solid evidence." that an assassination squad is moving in to take her out and you are the only team close enough. I know I told you to take the weekend off, but this is happening right now. Eden says we'll take care of it with what she hopes is like an undernote of I told you so. Belladonna says, thank you, Eden. She's in VIP box five. Thank you, Eden. I knew I could count on you. Um, you just happen to notice that uh, VIP Box 5 just so happens to be not two rows above where your seats are. That's incredible. Amazing. And you do notice that that VIP box has uh, a lot of extra security men with uh, earpieces with the little squiggly wire and uh, black suits. See, but like, I knew that, I knew it. I knew this was an easy place to assassinate somebody. The first thing I noticed when I walked in. <laughs> Hey, um, uh, Moonflower, what, do, what was that about? And also, I'm sorry that for some reason the, the Jumbotron people decided to just totally roast you. Like, I definitely didn't think that that was going to happen when I thought uh, that we should go to this game. So anyway, sorry. But y- yeah. Are you like comforting oh, and supporting Moonflower right now? I was more asking her what that brow furrowing and her whispering into her telecommunicator was about but, but it also, also up, it also sounded yeah. like you might have been comforting and supporting her yeah i did that just reflexively <laughs> <laughs> well then i'm gonna have to and then i reflexively asked ah. you to roll plus mundane no yeah that's great that's great <laughs> i do actually have a minus to this though oh it makes you feel any better i currently have like negative four to comfort or support so oh, okay. it's not well, that bad yeah, in that case, I'm I'm doing pretty darn good, I guess. 
Okay. Ooh. Well, it is wow. a four. Eden, so Sam comes up to you and just gives you just this kind of like really snarky non-apology. He's still like kind of, you know, smiling a little bit. And how are you? How are you feeling right now? Well, she's not feeling good. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if uh, perhaps how, how she reacts. You should uh, mark a condition or take a powerful blow is what I'm wondering from just this uh, emotional um i will mark insecure insecure okay yeah no i think that that checks out if ever there was a time to mark insecure if ever there was a time to mark insecure it's when you are being dumped on by the jumbotron (laughs) at a stadium in in fairness eden has insecure marked more often than she doesn't (laughs) she marks that that one a lot (laughs) comes marked by default (laughs) If this game is locally broadcasted, then you do not have to worry about your shame being transmitted to the entirety of your nation. Thanks, KT. Um, that was an extremely layered... Was he trying to uh, shift her labels there? Ooh. He might have been. Let's, uh, let's for funsies drop danger <laughs> and raise freak. Yeah, so Moonflower, your teammate just, uh, yeah, tried to shift your labels. Are you going to accept that influence or reject it? I'm going to accept that one. And I, I think, I, I think Eden's pretty feeling a little riled up about this situation. And Sam did not do a good job comforting or supporting so i think she looks him in the eye and says well sports are stupid anyway and then like tries to knock the ball cap off his head what was that for and then eden's gonna intentionally not look at him and i guess look at stitch because stitch is the only one who's there besides (laughs) sam who's visible at the moment um and say come on we've got something to do oh yeah I'm there. Stitch hurriedly follows. So I, I think Eden goes up sort of to the like the portal at the top of the stairs, like closest to where they're sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and would like to be mindful of her surroundings. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Why don't you go ahead and assess the situation with your superior? That is an 11. Excellent. So with your being mindful of the surroundings, you get to ask three questions from the following list and you get a plus one while acting on the answers. So don't forget about that. Um, What here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is in the greatest danger? Who here is most vulnerable to me? And how can we best end this quickly? Let's go with what here is the biggest threat. Surveying the scene. So yeah, you've already kind of given the stadium uh, a once over, you know, saying like, and uh, you quickly glance at the various vantage points and notice that there are two people up in places that you would uh, think would make like good sniping positions. As you are clocking them, uh, you look back up at uh, above the VIP box, um, just kind of getting a good 360 view. You notice a very slight shimmer in the air uh, that indicates some kind of cloaking tech. 
and uh, whoever is wearing that cloaking tech is sneaking in on the VIP area undetected and is going to be a bigger threat than whoever are in the shooting positions. Okay, let's next go with how could we best end this quickly. You could best end this quickly by getting the princess of Latvia to just leave, like get to a safe house, get her out of here. Uh, just like, yeah, fly her to safety or um, or make you and your team seem like a big enough threat that it's not going to be worth the assassin's time to go after her. But seeing as she's the princess of a nation, you assume they have quite a bit of incentive. Let's see, what here can I use to get close to the princess? Um, was enough to hopefully save her. Right. So the uh, the VIP boxes have little like balconies out in front of them, and um, you notice that one of the uh, the balcony like sliding doors is ajar on uh the the vip box next to them it's like currently empty right now um so you could like theoretically climb up into the empty vip suite and then go next door or like cross over to their balcony or something have you told your teammates what's going on are you just scoping things out as it yeah i think she's maybe given them a little rundown as she's standing surveying the scene she has she has just to come with her right is it yeah, she she wasn't not asking southpaw to come with her well she so just, just be, wasn't the, making the eye way contact that it with played him. out i had kind of pictured southpaw of being because you like knocked his hat off and then you walked away but sam might have thought you guys were just like going to the bathroom or something and so i think he like turned around and almost immediately no, it didn't. It didn't immediately leave his head, but he just like allowed himself to get swept up in like all the people around him who are chummy because he did the New Olympus uh, pickle sip challenge. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, pickle sip. Just <laughs> um, we need to get shirts with that written on them. Pickle oh, our sip. first T-shirt, pickle New Olympus sip. pickle sip challenge. Okay, so uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so that was in my head. That was what was happening. Was yeah, yeah, thing. you were probably like they're just bringing you your new Olympus pickle ship sip challenge uh, T-shirt right now. So <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got like the Wheel of Fortune ladies, and they're like uh, they're uh, a big like novelty check that is for no amount, but it just says like the t-shirt on it's it a, yeah yeah certificate <laughs> of completion and he can hang it up in the shop co yeah, yeah so yeah so eden but now you're you're giving everyone kind of a rundown of the situation from your vantage point what are you what are, what is this rundown give me a rundown jim <laughs> on my desk by five <laughs> rnc box five w- which one's that it's the one right above us Oh, yeah, okay, I do see the huge five. It's like seven feet tall, and it's like 12 feet away from me now that I'm looking that way. (laughs) Okay, yeah, all right, box five. It's princess in there. There are assassins, a couple of them. Oh, it's a very easy place to assassinate someone. Do you want a reaction or a distraction? 
Let's go with the first one. Katie shall decrease their density and attempt to ghost into VIP box C5. Ooh. Yeah, go ahead and roll to unleash your powers. 2d6 plus your freak. Eight total. Excellent. Uh, awesome. So on a 7 and 9, you do it. Uh, but it is, you can mark a condition or I can tell you how it is unstable or temporary. Uh, let me know how unstable or temporary this is. Excellent. Um, I would love to. So, um, you, uh, phase through the wall and into the box and you are so far undetected. Um, Princess, uh, Zelsana Zemturis is, uh, in the box hanging out with, uh, looks like maybe like some friends or like other like foreign diplomats or something. She's looks kind of a little bored with the conversation. Uh, yeah, there's a, a few security guards standing around. Then in the next page, we see box five through a, what looks like a, like a sniper rifle scope. Um, but it's all in like red and it has like zooms in and out and it has little like details and readouts. And then we get a shot again from the perspective of the assassin head cannon. <laughs> head cannon is a uh, robot. First, he's amazing sounding. Yes, he's a, a robot assassin. Um, he was, uh, yeah, a humanoid. He's, um, yeah, looks like a, a person in, uh, he has like a red and black suit with like silver gauntlets. Um, but his head is a gun turret, like that fires tank shells. He is uh, just kind of a belligerent robot that uh, destroys everything that doesn't kind of fit with his worldview. And uh, he makes his living on the side uh, being an international assassin. KT, your powers are interrupted and you are thrown against the back wall as head cannon opens fire. And there is an explosion of glass. Let's get um, some quick reaction shots of everyone as box five just like explodes as if it's just been shot by a tank. I think uh, the pickle sip challenge team is Sam's like shielding up, up, like one of the the pickle sip ladies who's <laughs> helped you know with with her sash and sparkly pickle mm-hmm. themed dress um it's a bright green sequence dress it's yeah, actually quite yeah, hideous it's sort of, yeah it's again not a lot of socially involved in the whole pickle <laughs> um subplot that we've generated um yeah so that's it that's it for sam he's protecting the pickle people because he, he's still down there a few uh, mm-hmm. rows below this explosion. Moonflower and Stitch, what do your faces look like? As you know that KT has just entered this room. I I think Aiden's, I mean, this is what she does. Um, <laughs> I, I think she's prepared to follow. And I think as she's kind of lifting herself up into box five, she is grabbing whatever the largest like 
shard of glasses off the ground. I imagine she managed to sneak a knife into this venue, but probably not. mm -hmm. More out of just like, to be able to prove how shitty the security is than anything. Yeah, like, yeah. It was I could totally get a knife in here if I wanted to. Yeah, and um, Stitch is frantic. She looks absolutely panicked and distraught as people are pushing around her. And on the panel, there's just like an elongated chat bubble where she's screaming, Graviton! And that continues into the last panel which is a shot from above uh showing the city with uh, a plume of black smoke rising from the superdome wonder world comics is an actual play podcast of masks a new generation by brendan conway this issue was gm'd by michael dunham who can be found on twitter at galvanic man southpaw is played by charlie smiley who can be found on twitter and instagram at Big Sky Charlie. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Graviton is played by Sawyer A. The Righteous Flame is played by Theodore Hampton, who can be found on his website at theohamptonphoto.com. Stitch is played by Justin Reed. Wonder World Comics is produced and edited by Michael Dunham. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at wwcomicspodcast or send us an email at wwcomicspodcast at gmail.com.